0: Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell Tell your your story. story. So in the last couple episodes, we've mentioned several genres,
1: but we've never really done a full-blown different types of genres and like a
0: brief one or a sentence to explanation of them. So we should probably do that. Yeah, I honestly don't think we have. So in our GMing 101, let's talk about genres. Well, what is a genre? Well, a genre lets you know whether or not you really like the romance section in the bookstore versus the true crime store uh, section of the bookstore versus the self help section or the uh, teenage fantasy or the or the full blown sci fi, right? And of course, genres mix and match. Where you have military, you have a thriller, but you could have military thriller versus true crime thr- thr- thriller versus drama thriller versus romantic thriller. Yeah. So let's just say that genre is a really hard thing to nail down, but it's really helpful when you're telling your story in your gaming campaign or looking for premades to figure out what kind of genre you want to be in. Most people that play role-playing games are stuck in either a high or a low fantasy world. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that that's, if you're playing D&D or Pathfinder, you're typically going to be in a low or a high fantasy genre. What is the difference? Well, Low fantasy, in a lot of ways, is kind of the Lord of the Rings. It's um, kind of determined by low magic. Most players, most people, most things in there, yes, there's magical items. Yes, there's magical beings. But for the most part, it's sword and board fighting, medieval-style weaponry, Mm medieval-style tactics, and then there are some really odd things like a weird Nazgul and a flying serpent dragon yeah. thing and these big I elephants, mean, but that's not necessarily so the big piece of it. The only magical items you see in the Lord of the Rings
1: is Sting. So you, you have Sting, you have Gandalf's staff, yep. oh, staff, you have the Palantirs,
0: you have all the wizards, you have the ring. Yeah, and, and not a lot. And then you have some magical creatures like the, the ring wraiths. Which were twisted by magic into that. You're only talking like six, seven artifacts? And the, yeah, and Galadriel's kind of weird. But I mean, for the most part, we're not talking, magic's there, but it's kind of like it's, most people don't have access to it. That's low fantasy, is, yep. Most people just don't have access to it, and that's the way it is. Harry Potter would be a great example of high fantasy. Everyone has When you has get magic. into the Wizarding World, where yes. they're using it for
1: lights because it's so cheap
0: that well, why not? Why would I stir my pot? I'll just magically, I just buy a spoon that magically stirs. And why, I mean, like the Weasley's house, if you go to the Weasley's house. it's clean because you just have yeah. invisible hands do it for you? Brooms, if you go to the Weasley's house and you watch the Weasley's house in the movies, the whole house, like, I don't know what she, what Molly Weasley's complaining about. She has magic cooking the food. She has magic cleaning the house. She has magic straightening the things up. She has a magic clock on the wall that shows not what time it is, but where her family is in the world. Are they at work? Are they traveling home? Are they at school? So that she has a good idea of where her family is. So the clock tells her what's important to her, which is not the time of day, but where her family is. It's really cool. But the whole point is the whole house is filled with magic. So much so when they describe the house, it says it can't even stand on its own. It looks like it wouldn't even stand on its own because there's, there's sections of the building not hanging out in the middle of nowhere, but nothing really holding them up. Mm-hmm. And so the whole point is high magic is magic is so prevalent. Everyone has it. It's ubiquitous. It's common. It's just kind of done. And the reason why Harry Potter works is because you, if you're going to tell that story um, as a novelist, you have to bring someone in from our world that has no magic into the world of magic and then get things explained to him like he's five every four seconds, which is exactly what Harry Potter is. I'd be a big fan of Harry Potter, so don't hear that as criticism. Just hear that as. That's what you have to do if you're going to do... In order for a high magic system works reduce, you
1: need to explain it to them. And the only way to do that is you have to have it work from a plot perspective.
0: Yeah. Now, of course, if you're going to play a high magic game, and this could be done in a different way, not in terms of magic, but think about a hero game, right? Mm -hmm. So you go into the world of Marvel or DC Comics, okay? I don't care which one you prefer. You go in the world of Marvel or DC Comics, and it's just assumed that some people in the world have abilities, It doesn't matter how they got them, born with them, freak medical accidents, who cares? They have medical, they have these really cool powers. And when you're engrossed in the world of people with powers, then everybody around you has powers, except for Batman and Iron Man. Their power is money. Their power (laughs) is billionaires. Um, The best power. Uh, (laughs) But the point is, and they're both arrogant. Anyway, point aside The thing is, everyone around them has powers, and they know it. And it's not a big deal. It's just the way the world is. So that's kind of in that world, being in the Avengers group or in the Justice League is a high magic, a high fantasy system. It's not magic. It's powers. But it's the same idea. Mm -hmm. So most people in D&D are kind of playing in a – it depends on the DM – so D&D 5 is kind of really relegated back to a low magic system because of when you get magical weapons. D&D 3-5 yeah. was more of a high magical system because by like second or third level, you're really getting your plus your first plus one magical weapon it's, because you need it. It's expected in that universe that everybody has a plus three magical weapon before they turn level six. They have to have it. Otherwise, they can't fight the monsters above yeah. level six because everything has magical resistance of five or entirely. You just can't even get through it. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. It's just something to keep in mind. So we've already spent five minutes talking about high and low fantasy, but I think it's important because that's what you're used to. Now let's move on. Science fiction is pretty much your Star Wars, uh, Star Trek, Firefly, Babylon 5. Oh, my God. So many different things we can name. Takes your fantasy. And it moves it to the future. So your power is tech. Yep. You strip the magic and gain tech. Unless you have Shadowrun or something like that, where you have both. a world where both have been introduced and are constantly of balance. Final Fantasy is that way, too, because you have steampunk with magic, too. Steampunk magic, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. Not my bag, but, you know, if it's your bag, then it's your bag, it's fine. So sci-fi is easy, but with, under sci-fi, you can, and all these, you can do things. Sci-fi has the thing of being a space drama. So Babylon 5 is like the UN in space. Mm-hmm. Star Trek is kind of a... a It's not a soap opera because people get really angry at me, but you really are more invested in the crew and the lives of the crew, specifically in the next generation, which is why I think some people like the original series better. But in the next generation, it's more of like, what are the relationships like? Oh, and we're in space. Um, And so there you go. So you can mix and match genres, obviously. The next one I want to talk about is Western. So you can play – out any of the western movies you know you play out tombstone you could play out you know any of the john wayne stuff it doesn't really matter what you do it has a very set piece you can combine western with sci-fi which is what was done in the mandalorian and Mm -hmm. also done in firefly Mm -hmm. now teaser i don't like westerns but i like western space sci-fi it's just weird i just i'm that way there's some
1: genres that go to that go together hand in hand there's some that are a little bit more conflicting but you can
0: still make them work exactly And if some of you are like, I watched The Mandalorian. How is that a Western? Well, if you look at the tropes that are in Westerns and you look at some of the first season of Mandalorian specifically, you'll see very specific tropes. But instead of being done on a stagecoach, they're done with futuristic, uh, you know, speeders speeders and stuff like that. that. It's the exact same concepts, though. Okay. So that's sci-fi and western. And then you could also look at horror. We talked about horror. So horror is – horror's got a ton of genres as well. You got your slasher films, which is just bloody as all. So you're just – you're offing NPCs left and right in a slasher. Yes. You have – or you want to say something?
1: Horror is supposed to get under your skin in some way, shape, or form. Whether that's physical, like the gore. Whether it's psychological, like your cosmic. So that's like your H.P. Lovecraft. Anything that makes you disturbed at a fundamental –
0: Like the ring – or mm-hmm. the nun, or some of these other things. You kind of have these the the psychological aspect of this thing should be safe, but it's not safe. Yes, like those are the main two horror that anybody's going to use. And then you have thriller horror, and thriller you have, would be used you know, as well. And then you even have comedic horror, which is like the Scream series, but yes. Scream's very slasher with some comedic elements because they're mm-hmm. making fun of them of the own their own genre. Okay. There you go. Then you have a mystery genre, which can be done like a Scooby Doo mystery. So it has an element of comedy or campiness to it. Or, or it Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. You could run actually with Sherlock Holmes specifically, like in a in that time period. We've done a lot of like mixing elements into finding out who Jack the Ripper was. Yep. Which is that same sort of Sherlockian time and which place ties together with alt history, alternate history, which is another genre where you could do the, which is what everyone does. It's overdone, in my opinion, but it's like, what if Hitler was never born? What if the Germans won World War Two? What if? It's always World War II. I would suggest being a little bit more, I don't know. Creative. creative? Yeah, creative would be great. And play a different type of game. But, you know, if you are a World War II buff and everybody you know is a World War II buff, then, you know, you have fun doing World War Two. Mm-hmm. Just don't invite me um that said we can keep moving on and you have let's see oh you have the spy heist genres um, we've talked about those a little bit but you have the kind of you can be jason Bourne, which is very actiony very um you know action orientated you could be russia house which is very talky very you know people would put their skill points more in diplomacy and yes. subterfuge not into or- like Sprawling and beating somebody with their bare a hands. A median between that would be the Bond
1: series is kind of a hybrid between. More on the True combat, bad, but yeah. it's less combat than Bourne is.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, you get the kind of the feel there of like, again, we're coming back to how combat do you want to be as a DM? Mm-hmm. In our last episode, we talked about that. And any of these genres work that way. Lord of the Rings, in a lot of ways, has very little combat except for those major battle scenes. Yes. Other than that, there's very little combat. So if you were to strike those out, or the players miss those battles, or they come in at the aftermath, you don't have a big, a big combat. You just have a lot of political stuff happening yes. now. Or they could be, they could be intrinsic in designing all of those things and yep. harrying the the enemy after they leave, and, and, and just 100 percent combat. Don't Harry, care about it. Harry Potter for it being geared for a lot of combat doesn't have a lot. Doesn't have much. Does not have a lot of um, combat. Yeah, it's just kind of a, some a lot, a lot of little story. Combat and the conflict, and then it just dies off. Mm-hmm. So, same sort of thing there. It's just, and you can do that too. A lot of story, a lot of story, a little bit of fighting, and then drop off, and then you do it again the next game session. Uh, oh, so yeah, we have a like a gothic theme. This would be kind of your your vampires, your Frankenstein's, your kind of those monsters of that era. So, your Vampire of the Masquerade doesn't have to be in the same era; it could just be the same mm-hmm. concept. So, your Vampire of the Masquerade fits really well into that. If you're playing the game Rifts, which we haven't talked about a lot, but Rifts has an entire supplement about Mexico being run over by vampires, so you could do Rifts in Mexico for the vampire. The gothic horror... It's not as much horror as it is more of like monstrous beings. And if you have a
1: a lot of monsters and weirdness, yeah, which ties really well with horror. That's why they almost go hand in hand.
0: Exactly. But where the the horror is designed to get under your skin, the gothic focused on a really weird, big, bad monster with some specific abilities that were inhuman, and that alone, in a lot of ways, it's it's almost cosmic horror of Lovecraft. But because you actually kill the thing that's coming after you, it's not the cosmic horror. And a huge tie with early Gothic, before we go, was the
1: monsters was a removal of their humanity in some shape or form. So, like, Frankenstein lost his humanity from being resurrected. Right. Dracula. To be fair, you want to be... Frankenstein was the guy. Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein's monster, yeah. And then... Bram Stoker, because of him being alive for so long as a vampire, lost his humanity. So a lot I mean of Dracula. Dracula,
0: And Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Dracula. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Sorry. So a lot of the tension and the weirdness from that is you have something that's human, but not quite there.
0: The real problem with Dracula, more than anything else, was that Dracula was a seductive being. Mm-hmm. But it seduced you to kill you. Mm-hmm. Not like seduce you to be sparkly and then marry you. Um, you know, Twilight. Um, but I'm just going to leave it there. That said, there's all sorts of things that you can play around with. There's all sorts of genres you can play around. If you need more genres and there's a ton, we haven't even talked about any of them, really. You could do a true crime story if you wanted, which again is a type of horror because typically the true crime you're going to find is going to be more serial killer, more bloody, more um, it's going to get under your skin. And again, with horror, man, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this every single time we talk about horror Horror is such a hard genre to play because people have different sensitivities. And unless you're like all met at a horror book club or a horror movie and y'all just love the slasher series, it's going to be really hard for you to find a group of people that are like, oh, yeah, I'm totally fine within the first four seconds watching a guy's guts hang out. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's something that's visceral um, that horror kind of enacts, which is why I like the genre as a whole but hardly ever, I would never run a campaign on it. I would have horror elements in my campaigns just as, you know, kind of like an X-Files does or something like that. Anyway, we are like way over time. So we're going to cut it off today. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to skullrpg.com.